I want to know about the mindset of a champion. And this week I was joined by healthcare attorney, the one and only Scott Becker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Voice of Law podcast. I'm honored to be joined today by Scott Becker. Scott is an attorney and law firm partner and the founder of Becker's Healthcare. He is also a graduate of the world-renowned Harvard Law School. Scott, thank you so much for joining me today. Could you please tell us about yourself for those who may not know you? Thank you so much for having me, and what a pleasure. You, you mentioned that I'm a graduate of Harvard Law School. They always get upset when people admit that or tell, tell them that I'm a graduate of Harvard Law School because it embarrasses the school. But no, we, we, uh, we, we did go to Harvard Law School. It was a fa- fantastic experience. I've been in sort of the um, law practice, really straddled two worlds for 30 years now. Partnered a large law firm, McGuire Woods, a great law firm. I headed up the healthcare practice there for a long time. Uh, also served on the board of directors. Separately from that or side by side with that, a long time ago, I started a media company called Becker's Healthcare, embarrassingly enough, after my own name. But the, um, the, the media company sort of became a very serious um, news source, an information source in the healthcare business, both digital and conferences. We have a digital business uh, that we've had for forever now, uh, websites, uh, white papers, webinars, um, you know, electronic newsletters that come out literally to millions of people every day, plus conferences. And obviously the conference business is 2000. 2021 is on hold, but sort of a media company and, um, you know, in law firms, so sort of straddled those two things forever. And the intersection point of both of them is healthcare. You know, both are really centered around healthcare entirely. And so it's a great pleasure to get a chance to visit with you today. Thank you very much. You have a successful business. What are some daily routines that you practice for overall wellness? Sure. No, and it's a, and it's a great question. And it's, of course, a, a constant challenge doesn't get easier as one gets older, unfortunately. It's, it gets like, you know, when you're younger, it's easy. The metabolism moves quicker. It's easier to maintain the fitness you want to There are a few core things that we try and do. We try and organize always our core goals the day before. So if the core things I have to do the next day, we always try and organize the day before. In, in my, you know, we, we try and live in a life that's not too different than when I was a kid, where we try and have one to two gym periods a day, somehow or another, some kind of physical activity every day. So, so this morning, and, and I, I, you know, I'm not one who has to be a champion at it. I have to be fine at it. And so I, I, every morning, this morning, I went to a fitness class. We go do that. This evening at five, we'll play what's called platform tennis, paddle tennis, big game in the northern parts of the United States. And so we try and make sure we're active and physical a couple times a day and, and just very important to sort of mental sanity, you know, and, and, and physical sanity. And then, we, you know, we try and manage, you know, my as we organize the day before we try and get a couple physical activities a day, try and manage my caffeine intake, which is always a challenge for me. You know, over the years, I've become more and more addicted to how much coffee I drink per day, you know, and then then we try and stay sane. We, we have a couple different things that we try and do to keep sane. There's, you know, there's we try and make sure we're touching base each day and staying connected to family members, close friends. Uh, sister, et cetera, et cetera, and try and stay very connected to the world. And it's, but it's the, the mental and physical wellness is, is a constant challenge. It's not, I, I don't find it to be easy. I think some people do, some people don't. Uh, I'm one that finds it a challenge to stay the right calibrating 
mental and physical wellness constantly. That's great um, that you are so committed to your wellness and that you have those routines every day. I agree in terms of the challenge there. I find it extremely challenging and I also need to have those routines in place and have it all laid out in my calendar so that it really becomes part of, of my day. Scott, do you have any tips for those committed to improving their lives with healthy habits and routines? Sure. Well, no, I think it's a great challenge. I mean, my my um, my weaknesses are I like to eat and I enjoy coffee. Those would be my two biggest weaknesses. I'm not I'm not an over drinker. I find I'm a beer or stuff like that, but it's not a problem, not an issue. But my challenges are the the constantly managing my intake of food and the coffee, the caffeine intake. Those are my two great challenges. Where do you start? I mean, you have to start by finding what works for oneself for me it's you you ask at some point what is the great goal in life the great goal for me in life and the great challenge is constantly to stay sort of centered and grounded as a human being just to say like at ease to stay content you know I, i look at like our group of colleagues that i grew up with and there's seven of us two of us are by nature more wired more, I'd say like more, um, you know, not as it's just grounded each day, not as like chill each day, you know, and and if I could move to a spot of being a little bit more just relaxed and at ease, that would be a great thing, but it's not an easy thing for me, but tips, I, I don't know that I have great tips. You have to commit to it somehow or another. You have to be, you know, aware of, for me, I'm very aware of what makes me feel better as a person, what makes me healthier as a person, and that's the discipline to do it, to constantly do it. And you live in a beautiful climate. Here, it's a tougher climate. And so there are times of the year where I'm typically more physically fit and just like just a few pounds lighter feel a few a little bit better. And it's a little bit easier. And, and the other times during the year, it is much more of a struggle. And so, so we work, we're constantly aware of it and working at it. And it is not, it is a challenge though. So I don't know if I have great tips, but it is, it's an ongoing challenge. I'm the same in that it does not come easy to me. I found that especially during law school, when really my whole way of thinking before law school was essentially being challenged. And so um, I found that quite difficult, that period of time. And it's fascinating too, yes. though. The thing I'll say, Bianca, it's so interesting because what happens is, as you get older, there are different ways in which you get your fitness than when you're younger. So when you're younger, it's very easy to go out and run 10 miles. As you get into your 50s, generally for most of us, not as easy, unless you're one of these people that stayed like so slight and so light all those years. It's much harder to stay like running and it's much harder to be self-motivated. So you find different things. Like I find much more activity through going to classes or through going to tennis or doing other things that are active ways of staying healthy that where, where somebody else does the work for me mentally. Where, you know, whereas if I have to do my own workout, my own this, my own that. And it's part of the reason why all these classes and the Pelotons have become so popular because more and more people want to hand over that baton to somebody else to sort of guide them through the workouts, do whatever they're going to do. But it's harder. It requires a lot more work as you get older and a lot more structure. Absolutely. Are there any particular strategies that have helped you manage and work through really difficult times? You know, the um, are there any strategies that help me work through very difficult times? I think what happens is, uh, as we go through difficult times in life, there is, um, you know, what I recall in the very difficult times is there are great challenges, 
they're not easy. There are great benefits of going through those challenging times. They're part of one's life life work. So you, you sort of, uh, you know, I, I have relied on different things throughout the years. I've relied on, you know, through one challenging period of life, I've probably talked to a therapist far more than I would have otherwise. I've done some other kinds of counseling I found extremely helpful. Different things, the the exercise has been very helpful. Me, I'm one that can sort of like try and find myself out of challenges by working and keep myself busy. You know, and, and people will tell you that's a good or bad strategy just depending on the person. Uh, the maintaining the exercise of fitness is important. You know, I, I would say I've had a, you know, like most of us, a couple different challenging spells in life and trying to figure those out are, are never easy. And I don't, I don't know that I've got, you know, I, I see other people that seem to handle it better than I do, but I, you know, give myself a, a, a B plus in working through those kinds of things, you know, not easy, not easy. And, 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 but, you know, proud of how I've worked through some of them and not necessarily as much so as others, but I don't know if I have great advice on it. That's really appreciated, Scott. Thank you. Um, you know, it's uh, it's important that we have these conversations so that people can see that regardless of whether someone is a CEO of an organization or a partner or whatever their position and role, at the end of the day, we are we are humans experiencing life. We're going through life. And um, it's just, it means so much. And I know it will mean a lot to those listening in to, um, to be hearing from you today. Um, we all go through challenges and uh, it is, uh, it's not always easy, but um, there's always someone to speak to. I think that's, I would say that that is really important to remember. There is always someone to talk to about yes. those challenges. And, yes. And, and, and one of the great things that someone said to me when going through a particularly difficult period of time was, um, you know, it was, a, it was a business colleague, not one of my closest friends, but somebody I respected a lot and liked a lot. And, and had no idea of the difficult challenge I was going through and, and said to me at one time, you know, he's got a theory that no one goes through this life unscathed. And so no one goes through it unscathed. And so you may not know what your colleagues are going through or what they are, but there's always, there's, uh, everybody's always going to go through something at some point. I mean, it's almost incred- impossible not to. And, and everybody's built differently in how they manage and how they handle it and how they react to it and what resilience they show and so forth. Scott, what does being a champion mean to you? So what, what being a champion means to me is a, is a, is a great, is a, is a great question for me. And everybody's at different parts of their life. For me, where I'm at today, it's probably more focused around, am I grounded and content each day? Am I generally positive each day versus anything else? I mean, I think that's how I would define championship to me today. And that might've been different at a different point in my life, but that's how I sort of define it today. Am I, am I, day in, day out, in a grounded, content space, to have a reasonably positive space. And not every day, but at least it, more so than not. I, I view that as, you know, there's other ways in which you define it. If you're, uh, if you're a provider and taking care of your family, then are you successfully taking care of your family or not? Are you, are you doing so? Are you putting food on the table? You don't have to live an extravagant life, but are they being taken care of? I mean, there's, there's different ways that you define being a champion. Are you a good spouse, a good partner, a good father or good mother whatever whatever it might be but but it's uh but I, I sort of look towards the goal more so today is day in day out you know uh am i reasonably centered reasonably grounded reasonably okay with where i'm at today 
you know, and then I do look at some other things in terms of what it means to be a champion. But let me turn it back to you, Bianca. That is wonderful. Thank you, Scott. Do you have any advice for aspiring lawyers? Yes, I do, actually. I'm glad you asked that question. So we always say it, people at, um, so I, I did graduate from Harvard Law School, went to the large law firm, and spent 30 years at a large law firm. Spent the first three years at one firm, spent the last 29 years at another firm, and so we've literally been at the same firm now, the, the, the firm and the firm that merged into it, for about 30 years almost. And so the, the trick to practicing law, there, there is one sole trick. The, the sole trick is that ultimately you determine what your goals are as a lawyer, that you ultimately set a course. Most people that come out of law firms, come out of law school, whatever law school, are generally highly motivated, highly intelligent people. If they end up on somebody else's path versus their own path, the, the choice of what they want to do, then they end up ultimately dissatisfied. They end up being those disgruntled people at law firms are just perpetually unhappy. If they instead end up carving out a path and determining and assessing a path and planning their own future, and, and one that's in sync with wherever they're at, that, that works where they're at, the more happy they end up being. I mean, I see, Bianca, you're a young lawyer, at least relatively young lawyer. I see the things that you do in charting your own path. That, to me, often ends up being the single biggest determinant of happiness in law or not. People that decide on this is what I'm trying to it, it might not be, it could be someone who says, I want to be the best lawyer in this area. I want to be the very best rainmaker. I want to manage clients. Whatever it is, the sooner that you determine what your goals are, the more happy you end up being as a lawyer. Let me just add one more point to that. The only other piece of advice I would have is that there, there are two parts of a great career. And I, I've been fortunate. I've literally been at the same law firm for 29, 30 years, which is almost unheard of today. And people ask me, how do you do that? How did you do that? How have you been at the same law firm for 30 years? And part of it is just inertia, not wanting to move or change. But, but the real answer is as follows. There are two things you have to do to be at the same firm for 30 years, to, to be at the same job of any sort for 30 years. You have to do two things. You basically have to be productive. And second, you have to play nice in the sandbox. You, you generally can't be someplace for 30 years and not be someone that people are at least comfortable working with, comfortable being around, comfortable being with. And it's an underrated quality. The, 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 the ability to be, like you see people in business and their willingness to be a good person, a nice person is an underrated quality in terms of long-term success and continuing to succeed. You have to be productive too. You can't just be nice. You got to be productive too. But the, the, the two qualities we look at for people are: you got to be productive, and you have to be nice. You got to play nice in the sandbox. You know, people. A lot of people of all different levels of quality. You want to be great at what you do, absolutely. But a lot of people that are great at what they do don't do well in environments because they also don't make the effort to be likable, to try and be helpful to people. And so the two two other pieces of advice I'd have are: there are two thoughts I have: you got to be productive, and you got to play nice in the sandbox. Those are my two other pieces of advice, Bianca. That is great advice. Thank you so much, Scott. For that, where can our listeners learn more? You can learn about me in a few different places. So the easiest place is on LinkedIn, probably Scott Becker, you know, LinkedIn. I'm also at McGuire Woods, S. Becker at McGuirewoods.com, or of course, Becker's Healthcare, which is the firm I founded 
a long time ago, but my CEO, Jessica Cole, is magnificent, really runs the firm day to day. But you can find me also at sbecker at beckershealthcare.com. You know, we're just on, on internet, but we're, we're always, you know, we're always a pleasure to speak to you always. You've been a guest on our products with a couple of times and just magnificent. And just it's great what you do. And we're always willing to talk to people. We enjoy it greatly. Bianca, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Scott, and have a wonderful day. We'll chat soon. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the episode. I hope you have a great week, and I'll speak to you next time on the Voice of Law podcast.